0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and
1: the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
2: about you, Cowboys? Yes! Go Cowboys! This, this,
1: this is Talkin Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco.
2: Frisco. In. 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 Touchdown! touchdown. Has Prescott keeps it and he bangs it into the touchdown.
1: And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris. John Mashoda and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Live from the star in Frisco in the SWBC studios. Welcome in, everybody. Today, we preview the Dallas defense up against the Arizona Cardinals offense. Are they ever going to be challenged is is really the question today. Are they ever going to see a worthy opponent? They haven't seen one through the first two weeks of the season, but we'll talk about that more as we go along. We've got Isaiah Stanback, Nick man. Harris, John Machoda, Chris Beam in the back. Isaiah, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are y'all doing? I'm good. Good. Yeah? You doing all right? I'm good, man. Yeah, what are you? Are you looking at your highlights again over here? Nah, you? no highlights. Here. Oh, no, you're doing some it. work, work.
0: That's all I do, Kyle. You're putting <laughs> in PFF.
1: You're 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 getting all the tabs open. Yeah, that's all I do. Kyle. All you do. That's, that's fair. Do. You don't I slow don't down. I get to play. All I do is work.
0: Another day, another dollar.
1: Yeah, another couple of cents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got the button up rocking today.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of shows today, so figured you know I'd come out. Come out, come out, worthy! But mm. uh, went to the Dallas Wings game last night. Had How's a great that? time, by the way. They're heading to the semifinals, yes, so you guys are. get out there, get out there to Arlington. Hey, everybody to was there last wings. night. Yeah, there yeah a lot. It, was, it was loaded last night. There was a lot of people there.
2: So. I went uh, on Friday last week. There we go. Yeah.
1: So, oh, well, what is the semifinal? Is it like a
0: best of what? Best of five. But okay. they're going against my favorite team, the Aces. So,
2: mm, but
0: Aces. go out and support. Yeah, go Dallas. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that was so so <laughs> tongue in cheek there. Very much. Uh all right. So we, we talked through really a, a significant about a, a amount of this defense. And we're gonna preview the, the Cardinals offense in the second segment. But with with everything that's been going on defensively to this point for the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, is have we seen the the ceiling yet? I mean, have we really gotten to the point where we're looking at this defense and saying okay, that's as good as it's going to get, and the health will take its, its toll as a 17-game season goes on, or are we just seeing the beginning of something that's growing?
0: I mean, it's kind of hard to think it, it could be better than the, what it's been the first two weeks, right? I, it's just turnovers. Oh, there's one way I can think of, but go on.
3: Go ahead. I'm <laughs> curious. Go ahead. Oh, it's play like this. I'm not saying it's score total, but play defensively like this. And a few weeks against the Niners, against the- for that sure, that takes okay. it to another level for, for me. For sure,
0: I, I guess more so stacking up what they've had to go up against versus you know the product that they put on the field. It's it's been hard to imagine anything getting better than that. Obviously, better competition for sure. You're right, um, but yeah, I, I mean it's, it's the all three levels uh, have been playing pretty well. I I guess you could look at a couple of guys that maybe I expected to you know have a bigger first couple of weeks, like Demon Clark. You know, I expected him to be you know a double digit tackle guy in each week, and uh, he hasn't been. I mean, there, there's just there, there could be a couple of reasons for those kind of things but it would be really nitpicking finding any negatives in this defense right now and then with Arizona coming up I think it's just going to be another opportunity to feast
2: mm-hmm.
0: with
1: kind of going to what you said there I mean Demone Clark Leighton Van Der Esch those are names that we haven't really talked about a whole lot because I mean the the secondary is doing what they're doing with the interceptions the takeaways and the coverage you, you look at what the front seven – or not even in front seven, but just the defensive line in general and what they're doing from a pressure standpoint, linebackers haven't had to do a whole lot because there has been so much success on the front end
3: and the back end. The middle of that defense really hasn't been super active. Yeah, and I think that there will be games where they have to have bigger games than they've had so far. But if you just tell me right now that Damone Clark and Leighton Van Esch are going to stay healthy all season – I have no concerns at linebacker at all. It actually makes me sit there and think of just, like, what it could be if Overshaw never got hurt, you know. So, uh, yeah, I've never looked at the linebacker core as having to be, like, these big-time playmakers on this team just because there's so many playmakers on the back end and on, on the defensive line. But I just, if you can just tell me the health is there, those linebackers are more than good enough to get this team to where they need to go.
2: Have you liked what you've seen from LVE and Damon so far? Yeah, it's been fine. I mean, when your defensive line is being dominant, you know, there's not much that you have to do at the second level. I mean, we talked about it last week with the Jets. They're, they're a double headed monster that they had um, at the linebacker position. These guys are just simply just playing off of the guys that are running around like crazy in front of them. So uh, there hasn't been a lot of demand. On them i think they probably had the most action last week because of their the attempting uh rushing attack of the jets but that got shut down relatively early
0: yeah late vanderush was really good in the run game yep. on sunday specifically um so it's it's not not as much the whole second level more so just Demone. um it, you know i'd like to see him get a double-digit tackle game and fly across the field like we saw in that preseason game against jacksonville i felt like that was like the most of what his potential could look like. Just making plays in the backfield, making plays in coverage, getting sideline to sideline. I'd like to see that a couple of times.
1: And I'm, I'm, we're, we're not necessarily throwing Micah Parsons into the linebacker conversation here, right? Like yeah, he's, he's
0: an edge rusher? He's a D-end in my D opinion. D-end. Yeah.
1: Okay, so yeah. that that's not the case. I liked your Nick at night. I read it this morning. The You can find it on dallascowboys.com. Micah, Jar, Micah Parsons is making my job hard as yep. well nick harris wrote about i mean tell me why that's the case why is he making it tough on
2: you
0: yeah so uh it, you could think of any word in the book to describe michael parsons and i'm running out of words to use so uh it, it was kind of like an exercise of using you know different words to describe michael parsons and why why those things apply so i uh, had a little fun with it it was kind of a funny concept and i just ran with it
1: what would you what would be your one word just relentless Okay.
2: Yeah, that's my word for him.
1: Relentless is good. I'm looking at all of them. I'm scrolling down as, we're, as we keep rolling. What do you think? What's your one word?
3: Hmm. I mean, dominant's the first one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. But I, I know it's two words, but coaches always love to throw around the term game wrecker. You know, whether you talk like college football going into a you know, big game, someone's got like a dominant edge rusher in the NFL. And I feel like it's thrown around probably a little too much, but he is absolutely like – the definition of what a game wrecker is, especially with the way that he can just move around in so many different places. It's not like he just dominates from one edge. It's just that constant. I mean, the way he's sitting there doing like juke moves at the line over the center and over guards, like, you think I'm coming? Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm coming. Maybe I'm not. And then he just like blows by them. Like, I don't know. There's just not a lot of comparisons to, to what he's done. Um, but I still think he can go to another level too, to be honest with you. Um, again, make those same plays against, you know, the Niners and, and some of those bigger games, I mean, he he has the potential to be a guy that does some of that stuff and almost single-handedly wins you a playoff game. I do yeah. think he's on, on that type of a level. So, uh, again, just like I said about Damone Clark and Lane Van Der Esch, not to beat this to death, but just if he stays healthy, everything will take care of itself with
1: him. Yeah, it'll all work out. Here are the, the words that Nick threw out here. And tell me, so the column serves as an exercise so that way he doesn't end up, or that way Nick doesn't end up on the wrong side of, of Michael Parsons' impact. You yeah, know, there we go. that was kind of the way you, you set it up. Disruptive, electrifying, uh, captivating generational and then I saw you sneak that one in at the end yeah
0: that's that's the one he has left to accomplish that's the Mm. one word in the bag that he does not quite have yet a Super Bowl ring would would kind of give him that title a Super Bowl MVP so that's that's kind of how that that led into would
1: you say generational
0: is still no I don't think so just because it it, it, I spoke in that paragraph to what John just said about how he could single-handedly win a playoff game when was the last time the Cowboys had a guy like that
1: Hmm. where yeah d wear probably and that's a hall of famer so mm-hmm,
0: yeah so like once every 10 years type type talent is what you consider that generational that's yeah. kind of how i think about it. that's how i thought about it and i thought it was a little heavy when i put it on the paper but i was like nah i mean it is it's it's truly right he's a guy that can go in a game and single-handedly change it himself and and impact all 22 players on the field there's not many people in football that can do that mm-hmm. is
1: is there anything else that you want to see from micah it, like it, at this point in the season two games in. Do you want to see anything else? What else can he get to? What else can he go to? Other than, of course, increasing his sack total and increasing pressures and just doing more of what he's doing. But what else do you want to see from
2: him? If I had to say anything, I'd just be able to drop out in coverage. Mm-hmm. I think the linebacker-ish type uh type characteristics simply be just from the standpoint of right now they can't really key in because of how smart Dan Quinn is but if Dan Quinn did want to mix things up and drop him off into coverage he has that ability to that's not to say that he can't right now but I don't think that Micah Parsons is great out in space by himself so I think that would be one aspect of his game if he needed to add something to his arsenal that would be the one that I will point out
3: that was the first thing I was going to say was just the only thing he's really missing from the stat column is that he hasn't had an interception yet and uh, to your point, yeah, playing out there because the one play that stands out to me would be last year up in New York when he I think was on a third down uh, in the red zone and he dropped off and picked up Kenny Galladay on on a throw that he ended up uh, it ended up being incomplete but he he was in good position and all that but and I feel like there would be more of those opportunities but I think he's even exceeded everybody in this building's ex- expectations on the pass rush side I mean not just this building everybody in, in Everybody in Happy Valley must be too, because of the yeah. fact that he wasn't doing all of this there. So, um, <laughs> no, I just, I think that, I think that he is certainly capable of doing that. Um, I just don't know if they even want to put him in that many positions right now, just because he's doing so much disruption uh, within. I don't know, two seconds at the, on the line. So.
1: Yeah, we, we illustrated that with the one and a half seconds yeah, last crazy. week. Just start, stop, start, stop. I mean, the, the way that he gets in the backfield is tremendous. You wrote another article, Nick, by the way. I mean, Nick just writes articles like crazy. But <laughs> it was back. it was about what Dan Quinn said, that you haven't seen it all from Parsons yet. You haven't seen exactly what his ceiling looks like. And I think, of course, hearing that from, from anybody is like, oh, okay, like, Mike is doing those types of things like we've probably seen the ceiling but then it's Dan Quinn saying it and it's like okay now I kind of believe you I, yep. I kind of think this is a, a, a legitimate thing I mean go through what what exactly he said and how he's trying to utilize Micah in those ways
0: yeah thinking back to uh, trying to think back to what exactly he said but I, I think it was more so in line with the training that he got over the off season and how much it's already been translated to the field and the fact that he hasn't even had uh, more than two games to show what he's improved on over the Mm -hmm. offseason with uh, speed training was a big part of his offseason boxing was a huge part I mean he's gotten a lot of guys on the defensive line involved in that area as well so um, whether it be power speed uh, body training as well um, just getting more physical but also staying lean uh, all of those things have played a big factor into him coming out in these first two games and looking like the game wrecker that he is I mean you can see the step forward that he's taken and you could see it in Oxnard when we were out there it was it was immediate so um yeah, I I I think we're gonna have more than thirteen sacks from Michael Parsons this year, so that would be more than he's gotten in each of his first two
3: seasons. It's always interesting how people that I really respect that either played the game or coached the game any time that there's like a really dominant pass rusher, everyone gets kinda of shy about like, all right, yeah, he's really good, but don't don't say that. Don't say the Lawrence Taylor thing. Don't mm. I mean we don't no one should ever go there, you know? And uh that's that to me would be would be the ultimate step for him is if people were just not even shying away from it romo mentioned it on the broadcast you know but even you know when he said it, he's like you know that would be that's like the you know you don't you don't want to mention that because people it just like he's on such a level it's almost like with the comparing any nba player to jordan you're just like yeah i don't know like i don't know if i want to do that yep. um but that that'll be that'll be interesting to see if he ever gets to that point where everyone's just like oh yeah no he's 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 like Lawrence Taylor of this of this generation. Yeah. He certainly has the ability to get to that level, but you obviously have to play for a long time and like you mentioned. Super good. Bowl win, you know, probably multiple defensive players a year, probably have to be in an MVP conversation. Uh, so I mean it's a lot, but I only say that because he does have just such rare rare potential.
0: And we're in an era right now with so many elite pass rushers. It feels like we haven't had this uh, this many elite edge guys. Uh, in a while, at least in my lifetime, when you look at the Bosa's, TJ Watt, Micah, I mean, all these guys are in the upper echelon, and it, it's it's crazy to look at a talent like Micah like we have over the course of the last three months, and know that there are probably three, four, five other guys that could compete with him on a week-to-week basis, which is just crazy to say. So, uh, I guess first thing would be first is to to go ahead and notch a defensive player of the year before Lawrence Taylor discussions start coming around, but that would be like one final stone in what, what he's got going on early on. See, and that's
1: the thing that's Wild is that, not just Cowboys media is having this conversation though. Yep. I mean, it's national media that's happening. I, I mean, I'm looking at an article here from Pro Football Talk, and they say Micah Par. This is a headline: Micah Parsons could be first defensive MVP since Lawrence Taylor. 1986 was the last time a defensive MVP was named.
0: I thought JJ Watt won one. No. Did he not? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, no. there, wow. there's something with the
3: Cowboys that. Nationally, overrates things and then also can be beaten to death that doesn't need to be beaten sure, to death. Sure, no doubt. But I like to, being from Michigan, I like to give it the, the Lions thing. I always, I always compare things to the Lions, and mm-hmm. it's just because they're so opposite organizations <laughs> and in terms of you have to be Barry Sanders or Calvin Johnson, again, a level. Of like, so I use this as, if Michael Parsons with the Lions, he's being talked about as much as he is right now. And this is not a cow, Cowboys only thing. He is playing on that type of a level where you... If you're not talking about him nationally, then you're probably not doing your job because of just the things he's doing. It's not like you can sit there and say, oh, this looks exactly like this guy or this looks like just something like like – it's pretty rare what, what he's—and and, and here's the other thing. Like, he hasn't won the Defensive Player of the Year, but no. these are runner-ups the last two years. It's not like it's just like, oh, this is a third breakout season. It seems like he's really—no, he's had really good seasons. Yes, did he not win Defensive Player of the Year? No, but to even be runner-up two years in a row and, and then going into this third year, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get it, and even if he doesn't, he probably will be second or second third at worst. Yeah. So it's not like this is just some coming-out-of-nowhere thing. He's been doing this. It's not like, oh, wait till everybody gets tape on him. No, everybody has the tape on him, and there's really no answer for him right now. yeah.
1: Can he win the MVP award? And I'm not talking defensive player of the year. That's of course within reach, well within reach at some point in Michael Parsons' career. But if he continues on the trajectory that he's on right now, can he be that? Can he be an
2: MVP award winner? I don't see why not. I mean, you give MVP, you give MVP to guys that are just dominant. That's what you. I mean, I mean, I know it's a quarterback award supposedly, but if you're dominant, Since 2013. Yeah. yeah, if you're a dominant, then you should, you deserve it. I mean, I truly believe that. I think there's been some dominant performances from quarterbacks, obviously because of the amount of times they touch the ball. Mm-hmm. Right, Patrick Mahomes, and, you know, pretty much in that category every year. But Michael Parsons, he just destroys your game plan. So, if he's able to continue this, which I mean, is a very long season. Right? We got what 15 more games. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. um, he has to sustain this for the rest of the year, and it makes it really, really difficult for a defensive player to win because if you have one or two off games it throws off your numbers so drastically versus if you're a quarterback, you can have a you know, a couple of four hundred yard passing games and all of all of a sudden, you know, you're right you're back to the, the top. So it makes it difficult from that regard just because, you know, you're playing those guys had what, 40, 40 some odd snaps. Um, he had two sacks and however many um pressures. Yes. So when they start looking at the, the percentages of plays that he affected, you know, it just is skewed. It's skewed towards offense.
3: I think it would be tough for him to get in that conversation Without the Cowboys having the best record in the NFC, I mean it's a a regular season award, so I think that would have to be where you start at. They have to be the one seed in the NFC, and then the other part of it is is you kind of need those other, you know, Mahomes and and Burrow and some of those other quarterbacks to just have. I mean, they're going to have good years, but just not have anything crazy. Because if they have a one of those has like a crazy season, like if Joe Burrow bounces back from this start and has just this, you know, outstanding season, it's not probably fair but it probably will go to another quarterback but but the
1: only that? two active players that have won the mvp award are patrick mahomes and lamar jackson Those are the yeah. only two because aaron Rodgers, of course he's won four of those things but uh he's he's out for the year yeah four that's ridiculous yeah that
2: is what
3: are we gonna say he's
2: I, was, I mean aaron Rodgers is absolutely ridiculous it's just funny how people don't put enough respect on him because they just don't care for his personal. Oh, sure. Aspect. sure yeah. But he's a dog. I've uh, But said- I, was, I was laughing at Tyre uh, at Tyreek Hill and him kind of trolling Michael Parsons. Did y'all see that? No, did. what did you? <laughs> Michael. So they were talking back and forth. I guess on Micah's podcast that he has, or whatever he does mm-hmm. on the side, now he was talking about how Tyreek Hill said that you know I don't know man I might not be a cheetah I might be a lion and Micah told him well you know don't you, just, you might want to stay with that cheetah stuff you'll be a cub over here <laughs> and then <laughs> Ty, Tyreek Hill posted a, a video of him having a seal block on the edge against the defensive end for uh, New England Patriots and Tyreek Hill said this is how I'm gonna do Micah and Chris Jones I'm just too much on that edge <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, I mean he's Another guy that I mean, he can he can say every once because he backs it up every Sunday. Yeah, so yeah. I do I, I enjoy stuff like that. Yeah, his
1: the, everybody tried to get on him in the in the training camp. Yeah, whenever he was saying that uh, he was doing film work on Madden instead of actually mm-hmm. watching. film. Oh, yeah, 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 And it's like, all right, Tyree Kill, you can do that, but any of you other young receivers, you cannot do that. <laughs>
3: like, do not do that. I, it's funny to me just because not to get too far off topic, but it's just funny because I thought him and Mahomes together mm-hmm. were what made. Both of them to that to the level that they were, um, and then to see them both separate and both stay on that incredible level, uh, in a way makes you just kind of wish like they would have. stayed still, stay yeah, together. You know? it, you know? yeah. I'm
1: okay with them splitting up. I think it's okay. For yeah, me. I'm, I'm good. And keep both of them in the AFC too, because that, that that certainly helps. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor, last one to win it on the defensive side of the football. Micah Parsons. I think if there was a year to do it. That's kind of going back to what I was just saying, only two guys that have are active currently have won MVP awards. If there was a year to do it, it would be this year. It would be the, the year where there's no Tom Brady, there's no Aaron Rodgers, there's no Peyton Manning. Yes, you do have Patrick Mahomes, who's one and one to start. Joe Burrow, 0-2 to start. Josh Allen doesn't look like he could even be in that conversation, at least through the first two weeks of the season. I mean, there's there's ways that he can sneak up there, but he's got to continue the dominance through all 17 games this season. Oh, oh no. no. I lost it. You were going
3: to show off the, the graphic. The, the other thing that helps you, with speaking of the Tyreek Hill thing, is that Patrick Mahomes is... There it is. Maybe I'm not a
1: cheetah, I'm a lion. That was Tyreek Hill. And Micah Parsons says, stick to the cheetah,
3: brother. You don't want to do nothing with this lion's work. You'd be a cub. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> Got him. Um, Mahomes also Dang. doesn't have the weapons that he's had in previous years. So maybe Got that'll him. hurt his numbers a little bit. He's still Mahomes. Yeah. You know, he's, to me, still the best player in the league. Um, but the weapons around him aren't as great. I mean, I feel like every year they've gone down a little bit. So maybe he still makes it happen. He would need like a four sack game at some point. He would
0: yeah. need like one of those like Heisman moments. Quote so
2: unquote. so Mooch on, Coach Mooch on NFL Network made a comment. I believe it was yesterday, and and I totally agree with him. And it, it might be something we have to take into another segment. But okay. he it was a conversation regarding sacks versus pressures. Which one is more important? Mm. And Mooch argued, and
3: I agree with him that pressures are more impactful than sacks. Okay, so you are saying if it's an even number, like it, like you would take an even number of. Because it always, you know, there's more. It seems like there's more pressures than you actually get sacks. What's in a game. been
2: more impactful for the Dallas Cowboys this year, sacks or pressures?
3: Pressure. So I'm going to say sacks game. only because of the fact of the, if you're just saying the individual play. Okay. But pressures, yeah, I give it to it because the number is higher. That's the only thing I. Would what have. happens off a of pressure? But if you told me that the pressures were Turnovers. the exact same,
2: what happens off pressures? Turnover. Turnovers. What happens on a sack?
3: Sometimes, Sometimes lost started. yardage. I don't know, man. I'm going to tell you this right now. those Some of those Micah Parsons sacks that he's had in his career early in games just I set you. the tone for the rest of the day we are just like, yep, I know it where is this true. is going.
1: It is true. And, and I think they they hold different weight. Maybe this is something we take. Let's take this yes, in a second. A second, a second. I like this idea. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about that. Sacks versus pressures. Which one holds more weight in certain scenarios? And also, we're going to take a look at the Cardinals' offense. What does Joshua Dobbs bring to the table since Kyler Murray is not available
2: Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve.
3: Another day is here, and you're ready
2: for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app.
1: This segment is brought to you by the Dallas Cowboys Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan. And it's also brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome back in. Talking Cowboys. I did not get my oats in this morning, Kyle. Oh, did you get your Black
2: Rifle coffee in? No, I need a shipment. (laughs) (laughs)
1: that was the best that was the best timing for for beam that was awesome uh you know what i saw the other day i'm gonna bring it into the studio it's sitting in my truck i forgot to grab it guys i'm sorry i was walking in walmart and they had you know how like in the aisles they have the little what's it called Um, Mm -hmm. i'm not walmart Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever the superstore that our sponsor is uh i was walking in the the store the other day you know how they have the center yeah whatever that is uh They have the center consoles. They had these like toy cars sitting up there, and they had like a bunch of different like brands of toy cars. And sitting on top of it was a NASCAR stock car. And I used to collect those as a kid. I loved collecting the little die cast cars. It's a black rifle coffee car. No way. No lie. You know, I remember telling you guys about it. That's awesome. Racing in Daytona that they yeah. had a Black Rifle coffee car. I bought it. It was like a little $5 car. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to bring it in here. I'm going to put it with our little our little setup at the end right there. Yeah, Black Rifle. Yeah.
2: Black Rifle, man, I'm just trying to say. I, only speak, Gotta I only speak to the brand if I can taste the brand. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> Everything we've had from the brand has been phenomenal. Just open yeah. this
0: right
2: here. Bro, I have one sitting <laughs> on top of my refrigerator, but it's too pretty. I only got one. It is too pretty.
1: <laughs> yeah, we need a whole another stash just yeah. to drink. That would be great. All right. Isaiah posed the question from somebody else. Who did you say? Ask Mooch, Mooch. Yeah, yeah. So Isaiah posed the question from Mooch in the first segment. Which one is more impactful for this Dallas defense? And we're, that's why we're going to we're going to narrow it in. For the mm-hmm. Dallas defense, turnovers or excuse me, pressures or sacks? Pressures or sacks is the question. I think here's here's the one th- this is why I think it's even. The first game you would say the sacks were more impactful against the jets the sacks were there they are excuse me against the giants the sacks were there the loss of yardage was there giants never played in front of the the the, the chains they never really had a chance to get their offense going because they were always playing behind the chains the jets on the other hand i think the pressures were more impactful because you had four takeaways and most of them or three of those four takeaways came off of Zach Wilson having to avoid pressure, roll out, and throw it into coverage. So it is even. I think it's very close. I still think I would give it to sacks because if you're equaling the pressures and the sacks number together, 10 sacks is far more impressive than 10 pressures. That's just how it looks for me, but they are impactful as a part of the game.
0: I think it's situational and circumstantial. Like just like you said, like mm-hmm. sacks were more important in the Giants' game. Pressure is more important in the Jets' game because if you have a quarterback that can operate really well under pressure, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, then not getting to him doesn't really do anything, you know. So I, I think it's circumstantial and it depends on who's who's back there at quarterback. Uh, you know, for example, you know Joshua Dobbs coming up. <clears throat> probably probably pressures Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know young quarterback who doesn't have a lot of experience or quote-unquote young uh, but doesn't have a lot of experience pressures would probably be more important there Um, but sacks are huge momentum shifters and especially we've seen that with michael parsons and adding that little lion celebration that's just that just adds another layer of like momentum and intrigue to it I, i think that's just been really cool it's
1: pretty accurate lion crawl that he does too oh, it's, it's kind it's, of it's it's pretty impressive of nowhere, he's worked on that it's
0: yeah. <laughs> you think just he's in his in game his house. room just like
3: <laughs> i mean I've, recording seen, himself. I've seen him do it a few times at practice so i know he's gotten some reps in <laughs> yeah he's got it down so you you do think it's sacks though and it's not even necessarily close no it's, it's close for sure i just think the number of pressures you know like if you're gonna get 10 pressures and, and four sacks i'd rather really have the 10 pressures but if you tell me i can get four pressures four sacks and four sacks i yeah. guess that's where i stand and if it's a Micah Parsons sack, and I know that it's not like they're undefeated when he gets a sack, but man, especially early in the games, it, it just seems like it's such a tone setter for the rest of the defense.
2: I, I agree. For, if, you, if you put them side by side, obviously sacks, or more. sacks are going to be it. However, that's not how it works out, right? There's always going to be, for the most part, at least with this defense, there's going to be more pressures than there will be sacks, okay? Because as a quarterback, you're trying to get the ball out of your hands to avoid the sack. Okay so you're pressured to not have the sack. You guys understand what So you're I'm
1: talking saying. about the totality of the of pressures the, the impact
2: versus the totality yeah. of the sacks. What's the result? Right? If you get if you get let's call it call it 5 and 10, right? 5 sacks, 10 pressures. Okay, you're probably going to have more impact off of the pressures than you would off the sacks. That's 5 uh, that's 5 sacks though. Like that's a that's lot of That's 5 sacks, so you have 5 tackles for loss. Well,
0: the reason those pressures have Those pressures
2: are because of the threat of a because sack. Because of the th- yeah, Absolutely. Sacks. But what happens off of this pressures? What's happened off pressures this year? Takeaways.
3: Yeah. No, for sure. I just How many takeaways have we had off a of sacks this year? Uh, uh, on those pressures, I would like. One, right? I think there was one. one. There was one. Yeah. We got one in there. On the pressures, I would also <laughs> like to hit the quarterback, though. I mean, usually they get hit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just talking about the ones where like they cl- close in and be the hit. guy just have yeah, throws it away but, or something but, like that. I need but I need errant, hits on the quarterback. Errant throws happen off of pressures. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And question. Because and because of and that,
2: we've seen we've seen curse get, yeah, get an interception yeah. this year. We've seen Gilmore get an interception this year. We've seen Trayvon Jakes. almost did. Yeah. I mean, it's happening.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Especially with this defense, no question. Yeah. It is interesting.
1: That is an interesting concept because yeah, I think what maybe one turnover for. Off of a sack, I think a Daniel Jones strip sack?
0: I think it was Chauncey Golston in the oh, first game. Man, that, that, that doesn't yeah. ring a bell. For There's a reason. lot going It's not hard to think time. about what the pressures have done, has it? <laughs> all, right, all right, Pick, pick, pick. <laughs> yeah, sorry, all right. Point made. <laughs> no, I, I like the conversation, though. Man.
1: So Jeffrey Fisher from Moorestown, New Jersey, asked us on the text line, uh, said the the defense hasn't necessarily been tested in its totality, is what he says here. The game against the Cardinals, though, could be a little test, especially the way that they're able to run the football with Joshua Dobbs and James Conner. Mm. So, with those two running the ball quite well, what do you think of that comment that they haven't been tested yet in terms of the two teams that they've faced? I think there's been decent amount of tests. I don't think the Jets nor the Giants are a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. Of course, Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing for the Jets. Talking about the, the Cowboys
2: haven't been tested. Correct. That's it, what he In said. this regard, that would be correct. Why is that? Because this style of offense is more like a Philadelphia-style offense. Arizona, that's what I'm speaking to. Okay. In terms of the zone read, in terms of the actual real threat of the running back being able to carry the ball and the real threat of the quarterback hurting you as well if he decides to keep the ball, their ability to move uh, move the pocket, get out the pockets, uh, throw on the run in terms of sprint outs um, – get on the edge, you know, the the misdirection. They do a ton of misdirection, a ton of misdirection. Um, so in terms of this defense being challenged in the way that they have been hurt in the past, this will be the greatest challenge from the strategy standpoint and a discipline standpoint because Dallas has only really struggled with one offense, and that's been Philly. And that's because what Philly does, Philly does misdirection. Philly does a lot of smoke over here, right, and then fire over here. Philly gets their quarterback out on the edge. Philly runs zone read offense, right? So a lot of the things that Philly does, this Arizona offense does. And a lot of people are not going to put respect on him because it's not the typical starter. It's Arizona. The Cardinals organization has been trashed for a while. You know, it, all, the, all the things. But you better put some respect on it because this dude is smart as all get out he um Dobbs that is the quarterback okay you got Connor who's running the ball really well he's been doing so for some years you have Ertz that's out there you have you have Rondell Moore you have freaking Hollywood Brown you have some dudes that can get over the top of your coverage you have their concepts that they're running offensively. There's a lot of switch releases, so they either, they're either going to flood the zones and really make it hard for you in terms of your responsibilities in zone defense, or if you play man-to-man, it's going to be really difficult because these guys are going to do a lot of rub routes and they have the speed to get beyond you. So mm-hmm. this is not just a walk-over-you type of offense. You know, I know defense has been killing it as of late, but this will be their greatest challenge in terms of the responsibilities and their discipline based upon things that they've struggled with in the past.
3: I get all that, but I'm. I i do not think it. The oh, only thing for me it will be is that they overlook them and they don't show up because I agree with you on. I and, and I think that's great insight too, especially comparing it to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. It just they just don't have. <clears throat> excuse me, they don't have it close to the players that the Eagles do. That's the only. I mean,
1: they're the generic brand version. Even of the, the Eagles, Eagles, if you
3: just take away one of those receivers, I don't know that the Eagles have as much success. But the fact that they have all the weapons that they have on top of it, um, if the Cardinals had a you know 100 healthy. Kyler Murray and, you know, 100% healthy DeAndre Hopkins, who obviously is not there anymore, like what they were building towards, totally different. I just, I look at, and I'm probably, I probably shouldn't do this, but I just look at that the way that the Titans played. It's one of the worst games I've seen. I I hated watching that game against the Cowboys last year with Dodgers. And it was just so awful. And I'm just like, this is not the guy to do it. So maybe I'll be proven wrong on Sunday, but if they don't overlook them, they're blowing
1: them out. Dallas got up 10 to nothing early in that game, and then a couple field goals before halftime. A touchdown right at the start of the second or the third quarter. It was 17-13 going into the fourth, and then Dallas put up some points. And They were also kind of
3: trending. The Cowboys were not trending in a good direction. No, That's something not. that we'll definitely be monitoring during this season, because they're clearly on the up. Everybody's healthy. Everything's great. You know, Not turning the ball over. Micah's wrecking every game. Uh, Osa's emerging and all that, but how are they going to be after you take some, yep. you know, getting beat up? And then, you know, you could have a couple of losses that you shouldn't have like the Packers game, like the Jags game. And then you start trending in a direction where then all of a sudden you have that Washington game that left me scratching my head. Like one of the most bizarre games I've ever seen the Cowboys yeah. play. Um, but that Titans game, if I can erase one game from having to go to in my life, it's that that game was so <laughs> terrible. It was so rainy terrible. and th- it it was Thursday. Yeah. It's, it's, it was one of the, on prime. it's one of the biggest color reasons rush. why I'm not a fan of Thursday night color. football. It color was so rush, bad.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I'm not super worried about the running game with Joshua Dobbs specifically because I think this is one of the worst, if not the worst offensive line they'll see all year. Mm. And I think it's more important to keep Dobbs healthy than it even was for Tennessee last year just because Clayton Toon is not going to be ready to come in that game if he has to and, you know, perform against that defensive line. So, I mean, he's he's rushed the ball six times so far through two games, a little bit more action um, against New York than he had in week one, but Mm. he's already fumbled three times. I'd, I'd... I find it hard to believe that they're really going to put him in, in situations where he's going to be in those read options. I, I think we could see two or three, but I don't think it's going to be a predominant part mm. of the offense. Nah. The, now, the tight end usage, I think that will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I have cracked it down this morning. I think it was forty-five percent of his uh, completions so far have been either Zach Ertz or Trey McBride, their tight end uh, duo. So it's going to be quick stuff, you know, in uh, in the seams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll get we'll see that second level get active in coverage too. So maybe even some opportunities for Mike to get getting coverage as well.
2: Yeah, I I agree in some regards, but I do think that. Respect should be placed on these guys because I think that I do think they're going to give Dallas a a handful of problems. I I truly do. I I really believe that they're going to cause some headaches. I think that Dobbs has over seventy-five yards rushing in this game Mm. because if I'm the coach and what I've seen on film from Dallas this year, what's hurt Dallas this year? Uh, Zach Wilson escaping on that one drive. What else happened? Go go back the week before that. Danny Dimes dropped back soon as, as soon that's as like they, the run, one, yeah, soon like as they run as soon as they run a stunt. Thing. As soon as they run a stunt, what what did Danny Dimes do?
3: Off, took off. Yeah.
2: Right? Why would you not do that? 75? If I'm
3: seeing it, yeah. the last time Zach Grand J Ron Curtis laid the wood on him. I hear you. So hey, I hear you. If you do that a I few hear times, you. I'll probably Dobbs stop.
2: has wheels. Dobbs has yes. a cannon. Let's go fifty. He has a ca- <laughs> <laughs> I, I just said this, this is my this is my Now I'm not and obviously we Mix do like <laughs> whoa cannon. I'm still stuck on seventy five
1: here. I think he runs for seventy five. Okay, that would be wild. His career high. In rushing yards in a single game happened in week two of the 2023 season. At Oh, oh what? No. <laughs> This was last week. He had 41 yards. That was his career high. Yep. Thirty. Here's his rushing totals in games that he has played in. 41, 32, 20, 15, 12, 0, 0,
3: negative 1, negative 3, negative 3. I'll tell you what. Hold on. Rush, i got to be fair about your, something. i I, gotta, I completely left this out. Uh-oh. People's, people need to know this, too. Okay, if I'm going to hate on that Thursday game, <laughs> let's also remember, he's coming off of a, uh, uh, being a practice squad quarterback with the Lions, and like in one week yeah, he's thrown he in that. So it's not, it's not, yeah. like, not going to be some apples headaches. to apples. No, no, he did. He did for sure. <laughs> but I also think that, I don't know, I did not think that that was the normal Cowboys team that played that game. There was, they were All just right. looked t- terrible in that game. But anyway, 20 I think it needs to be put out there, though. I'm not,
2: not going to like write was, it off because Dallas had a bad day. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to write that off.
3: Well, I, if the Dallas has a good if, day, it won't matter what Josh Dobbs does. It's over. I know you got another bigger
2: point. If you're, you're, your job as an offensive coordinator is to take what the defense is not doing well with, okay, and highlight your players and put them in the best position possible. So if you already have a zone read offense, which Arizona has, right, and you have proof and evidence that Dallas struggles with that, make them think. Why would you not make that the premier part of your offense? It's it's not like you're adding that to your offense. It's already this is what you do, so I don't care what you've done in the past, Dobbs. This is what I need you to do this week, and that's what that's your strategy. And you cause headaches. And guess what? You never, how, how can we slow Micah down? Going to be running this. Wait, only time we've ever seen Micah slow down and stop his feet is on zone read, and you go back to the Philly game. Every Philly game, he has to stop his feet and figure out what direction do I go, every time. But you think that they can do that enough to keep the game close? I'm not see, I'm, I'm saying I'm not saying that the game's going to be close. I didn't say that. Okay. But what I said is, I think they are going to cause some headaches for the defense in that okay, regard yeah, yeah. that you have not seen this so year. Oh, so sure, sure. Challenge. I agree with you on that. It's yeah, going to yeah. be a completely
1: different challenge. Yeah. Because, I was thinking we were getting into say with your chest fryer. No, no because, I we into, say, yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, too, I'm like, just
2: saying, like, my statement is, this will be the greatest challenge in terms of discipline, right, and strategy that Dallas's defense has faced so far this year. To this point. Yes. That that makes more sense, but still seventy five rushing yards. I'm still. I will say this: you can get that, you can Dobbs, get that on one
0: carry. If Joshua Dobbs rushes for seventy five yards, uh, I will ooh. come in on Monday wearing ooh. all pink and a tutu. Let's do it. I am so serious. That's shake. <laughs> shake.
1: You didn't even have like a return bet on. It's it. okay. Like you already Shake on it. You it. Already <laughs> on it. Beamer, you got that? Click that for Dobbs now. Tutu. I'm going tutu shopping.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, you know my my, my now, business my business is right next door to a Joanne so I'm going to get you a tutu I'm going
3: to get you a tutu I'm tagging Dobbs on Twitter right now yeah please yeah let's just go ahead
1: and do it wow uh, I. Have never rooted for another player to hit a certain rushing mark because you're a Ryan's hater. Time. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm sorry. you've learned from me. I know.
3: I've spent too much time with he's you gonna, recently. He's gonna have one run for seventy-five yards.
1: Exactly.
2: Exactly.
0: Look, it's gonna be like it's gonna first be second quarter. Quarter. I would be like. No, I'm gonna jump out the press box. That, at State yeah, that Park press stadium. box is gonna be <laughs> rocking. It's just gonna be. Can you Nick just imagine? At the table. He doesn't
3: on the first carry, and so it's like it's very early in the game, or whatever. Like, so you're just sweating the whole entire time. But like in the fourth quarter, he does like a run and then loses like four yards, and you're just like, how excited you'd be. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was like 73. Yeah,
1: you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Nick Harris in all pink and a 2 Are are these the fastest receivers
2: that Dallas has faced?
0: Yes. I will say that I, I was looking at that this morning between <laughs> Hollywood Brown, Four Greg threes. Dortch, uh, Rondale Moore. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have some speed, speed guys. My only thing is, who do they put on the outside? You know, who do they put in the slot? Who do they who do they maximize? I, I guess it would be Hollywood. Who you try to maximize? But I mean, all three of those guys have uh, speed and they have catching ability. Let's answer that question: Who do you put on the outside
1: against the speed from the Arizona Cardinals offense? When we come back with more talking Cowboys, right after this.
4: 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys.
1: Back here on Talking Cowboys, brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of America's team. All right, we asked the question going into break. Nick Harris posed it. Is this the quickest wide receiving core that the Dallas Cowboys defense has seen to this point. I think all four of us probably look at it and say yes. This is the quickest that they are going to face. Why why does that present a challenge Nick in terms of Coverage and who's going to be on the outside, who's going to cover on the perimeter?
0: Yeah, because you have guys that are multiple, um, multiple guys that are multiple, meaning guys that can play inside, guys that can move outside and still, you know, give you a developed route tree and show some things. Um, but I, I think when you're talking about Marquise Brown, Rondale Moore, uh, Greg Dortch. These are guys that are maximized in the slot because they have more space to operate. Um, but you're going to have to move one of them out. Uh, I mean, you're going to have Michael Wilson probably on a boundary. Uh, so that's 6-2 frame you would want Good out boy. there. Um, you also have the uh, option of putting Zach Ertz out out wide, um, which uh, you know they've done a couple of times through the first couple of weeks as well. But I, I think with Marquise Brown just given his experience in um, playing outside both at Oklahoma and then early on with Arizona, I, I think you probably you you probably want him out there uh, lined up against Gilmore and then Wilson lined up against Trayvon with trayvon being more of the you know bigger physical corner you'll want your bigger physical receiver on him um, I, I think it's gonna be tough for either of those guys um, especially with Michael Wilson on Trayvon Diggs but I, I think it'll be an interesting test for Gilmore if he's lined up against the speed guy that they do put on the outside just because Gilmore I, I he didn't look great against uh, the Jets if I had to pick one defensive player that I, I would have liked to see more from it would have been Gilmore. Uh, we saw it on the slant, but we take away the slant uh, that uh, Garrett Wilson had where he broke away from Stephon Gilmore. There were a couple couple of opportunities where it was just bad balls from Zach Wilson, where if they were on on, on the money, it was 10, 15-yard gains. And um, I didn't love the performance from from Gilmore uh, in Week 2, so I would like to see him matched up against a speed guy, a guy that will force him to stay with him stay for, uh, step for step.
3: Yeah, I think you have to have big plays from these receivers for Arizona even to stay in this game. I just do not see Arizona just – meticulously going you know 10 12 15 play drives up and down the field on this defense so that's one way that they could stay in it the josh jobs running getting some big runs or hitting off some big plays down the field like that yeah that's that's one way they could stay into it for sure james connor
1: and marquise brown are the only cardinals with 80 plus scrimmage yards through the first two regular season games connor has been great 37 carries 170 rushing yards and rushing touchdown he has 176 yards from scrimmage uh brown nine receptions 82 yards and a touchdown so he's just right over the top of that that threshold so they've been limited to this point but that doesn't mean that you can't break the big play that's the one time dallas has given up a touchdown was the big play to garrett wilson so uh it it certainly could happen and And this
3: offense will look a lot better with caleb williams next year yeah, it might. Honestly, it might look I just wanted to see Isaiah's face. I just wanted
1: to see Isaiah's face. It's the best quarterback in the Pac-12, for sure. Hey. Hey,
0: Caleb Williams is going to get a, a little bit of an introduction. He's going to be in Tempe on Saturday night. So. Hey, it doesn't have to be Caleb Williams. It could be Shadur Sanders.
2: Could be UW. That's the second
0: best quarterback. <laughs> oh, There you go. Penix.
2: Who? Phoenix. Who's that? <laughs> leading the country in passing. Don't worry about That's it. for a second year in a row. <laughs> for a second FCS year in a row. Hey,
0: I will say the receiver. Only we'll throw for
2: five hundred yards a game. The played. leading receiver for Washington, Jalen Polk from
0: Lufkin, Texas. Hashtag Beast Texas has been doing we great. We have the work. best receiver so in, in, in the league.
3: Washington recruits Texas?
0: They have to. Very hard, actually. They got a defensive lineman last year that was pretty solid. It's it's the campus, and it's the appeal of Seattle. They'll be able to
2: recruit all, yeah,
3: yeah. all it of the is, It is a cool stadium, UW is cool yeah. vibe. 493, 493
2: cool. yards passing per game, number one in the nation. The f- <laughs> 614 total offensive yards per game. That's number two That's in the nation. Crazy. 1,300 passing yards through the first handful of games. That's number one in the nation. Don't worry about it. Yeah, We're Just second year in a row. Put some respect it's on the really It's a really good offense. That is a good, good point, offense. though. If you, you want to get out of
3: the Texas heat and go Little up to south Seattle like yeah. I can see it. Easy. I can totally Candy. see that. Yeah. Easy. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, a little just saying, man.
2: They put some respect on them. They won't even boost, They won't even bump us up in the ratings. They just oh, we'll just keep them at number eight overall. Well, yeah, All
1: I mean, right. you would think you would get a massive boost in the ratings after beating Boise State. You know, oh, Tulsa, hey, Michigan hold on, hold on, State, this big time program. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold
2: on, hold on, hold on. Right, gosh, I, I know we gotta go because But listen, we scheduled greater opponents for our quote unquote preseason. We yeah, had Cal coming up. We, next no, no, we, no. Listen, one. we had Ohio State on our schedule. We were supposed to play Ohio State this year, uh-huh. but they backed out. Mm. Ohio State paid a three I million dollar penalty. It. They paid a three million dollar penalty because they backed out of playing us I wonder why they backed out Not a great year for for the mm. bucks for the Buckeyes mm. not, you is is played a, so, so you got a
0: head coachless <laughs> Michigan state in in return. Oh my God. <laughs>
2: Hey, we can't control. You, you, we can't you, you control. Did. We schedule. We schedule a good games, control. but we can't control a top, supposedly top programs <laughs> back out because they're scared to take the L early in the year. And you can only okay. play what's in front of you. Hey, you're
1: uh, going to be five and 0 oh going into that October 14th matchup against Oregon. Oregon Purple don't want out. that word. They don't want that word. Oregon going to beat you by. by Oregon 40. does not want our work. beat
2: them by 40. forty. I think
0: Washington gets them.
2: You don't really
1: Yeah, you think, I think I so? Think I actually really do like Washington. I just like giving
0: Isaiah. a I hope.
2: I hope we face Colorado in a Pac-12 championship. That won't happen. <laughs> oh, so I know, yeah, I, I know, what will happen. It's going to be SC versus UW, but yeah, it yeah. would be fun though. It's or Oregon quarterback showdown, baby. Don't, don't hate on the ducks. Ducks, okay. I hate ducks. Quack, quack I hate the ducks more than the Trojans. I hate the ducks. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that Oregon. I hate the Trojan song. Is, it's legit. I hate the Trojan song, but I hate the ducks. <laughs> like them, and Washington State are like even keel in terms of me and my. I disgust have for them. I
1: have an Oregon snapback. From I will like throw way it. when throw
2: right. it in the garbage. And then I've
1: got a I've got a Washington t- Washington State
2: T-shirt too. I will burn it in studio. While while it's with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> fire.
0: You should okay. wear the uh, Oregon pink out jersey if uh, Joshua Dobbs no. does not get.
5: 70. Oh. I I like oh. that. The
2: handshake's already been done. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. It's yeah, on film. Right. There's no way we could find that jersey <laughs> no. anyway.
1: That does it for us here on Talking Huskies. I mean, Cowboys. Well, Glad you joined us today. We'll be back tomorrow. Isaiah will maybe make the, the shot tomorrow. He'll maybe maybe hit it you got have a full breakdown Let's go. Let's go. of the Cardinals defense tomorrow coming, right? Oh, yeah. Got a little you. film room action well, coming tomorrow night. But uh, we'll have that 9 a.m. Central time. Be sure to get your calls in right now, 888-855-2297, for Cowboys storyline with Nick Eatman. But that does it for us on Talking Cowboys today. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, John Machoda, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow on more Talking Cowboys.